beautiful Wednesday morning. We are up to Simon Vav, and I'm sorry, yes, Simon Vav. In Chedek Beis and Perik Beis, Beis Beis Vav. And yesterday we had in Hay how the Yasurim process actually works. Yasurim means suffering in Eilam Hazah. How that works exactly to prep, prime, and I was going to say prepare, but it's kind of like prep, no? Let me say that. Um, um, prep, prime, and preen the tzaddikim in order to make them worthy for Olam Haba. That it's a whole, it's a whole process, and it's a very logical, very tight, and very um, understandable, definable, and approachable process. The process of Yisurin is not just to punish them. But for the hashchasa, the corruption of wherever it was in particular, in that, that particular um, organ, limb, area of their existence that, that became contaminated by pursuing something outside of God's will. So that has to be adjusted and the record has to be set straight and the balance has to come from it being clear that 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 um, you can't really drift away from God. You cannot um, pursue this kind of alternate lifestyle because there is no alternate lifestyle, and the the um, outcome of that is for there to be equal and opposite suffering where there was, so to speak, a gain by going away from Hashem. No, no, there's no going away from Hashem. There is nothing outside of Hashem, and. <clears throat> That is the purging of the contamination. As we saw yesterday, that's the Yisurin. That's what punishing does in this world. It's not, again, it's not about the punishment. It's not about the pain and the suffering. It's about the, the, the testimony, the statement of, oh, tak, I made a mistake. You know, I, in using my mouth to say things I'm not allowed to say, and using you know, my feet to go places I'm not allowed to go, and using my eyes to look at things I'm not allowed to look at, I was promoting all this time an alternate approach to Hashem's will, and that, again, brought all those organs and limbs down. The way of <clears throat> purging that contamination that comes with espousing and embracing an alternate approach is to tap into those areas that they themselves promoted this alternative, and those areas have to advertise, have to make the statement of recanting that and regretting that and... And, 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 and from within, from within, having a clear testimony to themselves and to the world of there is no alternate approach, and that's the Enoid Mavadai, and that's why they have to now be put into a state of pain. That is the statement of setting the record straight. Okay, that is the lumdus of Yesur. Okay, that's how they function. And Lamb, it's not that you didn't ever have to be punished. Rather, you did. it's a whole process, a very elegant process, and a very approachable process, one that we can really sink our teeth into over here. You did not have you're saying, Yesh oid milvadoi. If part of you says, Yesh oid milvadoi, that's a stira, Takodesh Baruch, a stira, Tadvikas, how can you get into Eidam Even if you're 90% at Sadiq, what about the 10% where you're saying, Yesh oid milvadoi? That, that is, puts you in opposition to oneness with Hashem. That 10% has to now proclaim as well, Enoid Movadai, but the only way to do that is to recant from the fact that you promoted an alternate viable approach. The Rosh no, has to be clear, there is no alternative. There are no other viable approaches. Enoid Movadai, and that is being 
advertised and proclaimed to the world by taking that area that said Yeshua Mavada and it has to now say Enon Mavada through its suffering. That's the Mahalach in Yisur, and that's the approach to how suffering in this world works. Now, in Vav, if we read Vav quickly, we're bewildered. If we read Vav quickly, it looks like he's saying again in Vav something that we saw already, <coughs> which is that Rishayim get all their reward in this world, and Rishayim can't get into Ilam Haba. And if we look at Vav quickly, you know, that's what he's saying. Okay, Rishayim Agamurim, the Rishayim, they're the people that, that are very bad, they can't get into Ilam Haba, and they have to get everything in Ilam Hazet. That's what it looks like the, 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 the main point of Vav is. And that is a stumper, that's bewildering, that's confusing, because we had this already. We already had the, the Ramchal told us at the beginning of the Perek that the Rishoyim, there's Tzadikim and Rishoyim. Tzadikim are, the, and are people that, that are getting Tzadikim and the Rishoyim are the people that are not getting Tzadikim and The Tzadikim get their punishment in this world, the Rishoyim get their reward in this world. He told us that already. And Vavi seems to be rehashing that. As we see just from the first couple lines, if we read it very quickly, what's the function of Vav? What, what's he doing with Vav that he didn't do already? So let's just give the roadmap, the approach to what's, what we're about to see today in Simon Vav, in paragraph Vav, the approach to Vav is Ramchal and Vav is not just rehashing and recapping and re, rewinding, reviewing and refreshing something that we know already. He is answering a question now, because a question arises that has to be addressed. And that question is, if there's a vort, if there's an idea within suffering in this world, in that it can burn out the impurities, set the record straight, and replace the yesh oid movadai with ein oid movadai, replace the contamination with purification, that's what suffering does. Why is it indeed that there's a, such a person that can't get into Ilam Haba? We already mentioned in the beginning of the parak that even the Russia, even the bum, even the guy who was terrible, he does some good deeds once in a while. Even the guy who was mamish or Russia, Marusha, he's bound to give tzedakah occasionally. Once in a while, he'll bench. Once in a while, he'll put on tefillin. Once in a while, he'll eat a hamantash and purim. He's bound to have some good deeds, right? On his, mer- on his record, who doesn't eat hamantash and purim? That's right, Shlomo. That's right. He's bound to have some good deeds. And if, 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 don't, if you, I hope it's not you, the guy who doesn't eat hamantash. No, it's not me. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Okay, so uh, we saw already that the, even the biggest Russia has got to have something good on his plate, on his record, right? So the question now is, the, understood, the, the, the uh, 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 unspoken, unspoken question is, so let everyone get into Elam Haba. Hashem loves Yidin. Hashem created Yidin to get into Elam Haba. Hashem created Elam Haba for Yidin to get there. That's Hashem created the universe for Yidin to get to Elam Haba. So why is it, if we have this process... It's not just like about punishing. It's, it's actually a consequence, actually a process. Not, it's not punishment, but a process. Why can't we apply that process to the Rishonim, to the, to the wicked as well? Meaning, till this point in time, maybe we would have understood Yisurim as a punishment. So you can say, well, the punishment of the wicked is that so, they're so, so, so wicked. They're such wicked, wicked, wicked people. Their punishment is they can't get into the Mabah. That's what we could have thought before. Hey, just again to speak at the, the progression of the ideas over here. There's a very structured, beautifully um, progressive, safer, where everything is, is uh, you know, all the ideas <coughs> are cumulative, and each one is being built on the previous. So, so until this point in time, if we understand um, Yusur in this world is punitive, their punishments, okay, so Russia is so bad that his punishments he can't get into the Bible. But no, we're saying not like that now. We're, we're discovering that suffering in this world is a process. So the process of purification. 
And that purification process should be able to be applied to the Rosh as well, who does have some good deeds on, the merit, on his record. So why can't we indeed apply it to him? That's the, that's the question that has to be addressed, and that's why we have to return to the Rasha and explain why, even though we have a system of Yisurin, which is there, to go from Enod Mavadai to Yesha, I'm sorry, from Yeshod Mavadai to Enod Mavadai, where I was promoting an alternative to the Rebbeinshim, I have to now proclaim the opposite, that there is only God, and that's what the suffering is all about, and that's what gets me prepared and primed for Oilam Haba and preened as well. Why can't we apply that to the Rasha? So let's see, Vav. Okay. However, now, however, is even though we saw that there's a process called suffering called Yisurin, when it comes to Rishoyim, you can't apply this. Or Rishoyim Gemurim. The Rishoyim Gemurim, the people who are total Rishoyim, a, a Russia Gamur, someone <coughs> excuse me, who has been deemed and decided by the heavenly courts to be a complete Russia. Who are and those people that we mentioned earlier that get the reward in this world and don't go to the next world? Who are those people? Will they please stand up? Will they please stand up? Who are those people? But no one's standing up. Hashem, we don't have them here at the table. Though they are those people who have so strengthened, so reinforced, and built up within themselves evil actions, and, 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 and as a result of their evil actions, they have built up and reinforced within themselves akirus kolkach gadol. Such a high level of contamination, the Chayshach Kolkach Rav, and such intense, potent, concentrated darkness, to the degree that they, their bodies and souls have been corrupted, have been corrupted in a very real way, in a very actual way. And they have been examined and found to be ineligible and unworthy and, and, and not <coughs> capable in any way or form of having Dvekas with Hashem. So let's stop for a moment. So he's telling us the Rasha is not someone who is so bad that his punishment is going to be that he can't get into the Mahabha. But the Rasha is someone who is not capable of getting a Tehillim Habba. He's so bad that he is someone that, on an essential level, is not capable of being a Tehillim Habba. So who is that guy? Now, what does it take to become such a person? So Ramchal's clues that he's giving us over here is, is um, something about having Akir's Kolkach Gadol and Choshech Kolkach Rav, such a great amount of spiritual contamination and darkness that he is his guf and his nefesh body and soul have been corrupted be'emes, in a very real in a very actual way um, he has become corrupted what does that mean practically how do we wrap our heads around this you know, who, who are we referring to what, what, what is this type of rush that we're talking about It's all along the lines of, of the ideas that we've been seeing till now about um, the difference between suffering in this world and suffering in, in Gehenim and the different levels of, of Averis that a person can do and the different levels of effects that that has on a person. And we saw already there's an idea that suffering in this world vis-a-vis -vis suffering in the next world ha is determined by, you know, was it 
Was it just uh, 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 determined by the aver that I did, the level of the, of the sin? Is it just a sin that's skin deep? Is it just on the surface? Is it beneath the surface? Is it going to go get, get a little bit more to the core? Going to get more on an essential level? And pursuing that, is that, that determines where, where, where a yid has to suffer. <clears throat> when you take that to its extreme, as far as it can go, the idea of sinning, of averis, that are not just the result of temptations that are, are uncontrollable, addictions and struggles that are physical ones, that are ones of, of, of the Yetzir Hara tempting me, that I have a struggle with, but rather it goes beyond that to a, a level of, of a, a mindset, to a level of, um, of uh, an attitude. So we're talking about someone whose evil ways and his, his evil lifestyle, and evil, again, doesn't really mean evil, just means outside of what Hashem wants, has penetrated the point that, that um, it's gone beyond the physical, into the realm already of the, the nefesh, as the Ramchal says, beyond the physical, into the realm of the intellectual, to the point that this person really has no room left anymore for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, anywhere in his life. And, and, and we're talking about a person who has more or less abandoned Hashem. He's abandoned Hashem on all levels. You can have a guy who struggles and he's constantly living through cycles of, of guilt remorse and guilt and remorse and guilt and remorse and guilt and remorse but that's a good thing because guilt means he feels bad remorse feels, means he knows he did something wrong you can have a guy who has built up so many of those cycles that he got to the point anymore there's no more guilt there's no more remorse there's detachment there's desensitization and there's a certain numbness and beyond where a person um, is cool, is at peace with a lifestyle of all that Hashem doesn't want and all that Hashem doesn't, is, 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 is um, not interested in and all that Hashem is trying to, to, to warn him against. A person has made, has made peace with it. A person is at peace with it. And a person is, is um, no longer dealing with any kind of struggle, sensing any kind of battle, because there is no more battle, there is no more struggle. He has surrendered himself to another approach to life altogether. Surrendered himself to what we call the Sitra Akhra, the other approach, the alternative. And not that he's torn constantly back and forth, but he surrendered and submitted to it. Not just on a physical level, but on a level of his nefesh, as the Ramchal says. And <clears throat> it's penetrated so far and so deep that, that, that it's already getting into the realm of the soul. It's already getting into the realm of the soul. His soul is beginning to suffer over here. And there are higher parts of a person's <coughs> neshama that sin cannot penetrate, 
where Averis cannot get to, but there are low, lower levels of a person's neshama where Averis can reach and Averis can penetrate. And this is something that we call Timtum Halev. Chazal referred to something that's called Timtum Halev, a spiritual clogging of the spiritual arteries. Timtum Halev, where a person's lev has become, autumn has become stopped up. And, and this is a, 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 an idea along the lines of what we're saying over here, that a person's nefesh can become affected through the actions of, of the body. If a person lets this go long enough that he eats whatever he wants to eat, he does whatever he wants to do, Shabbos is meaningless, Kashrus is meaningless, Davening is meaningless, all matters Jewish are meaningless. Then he's allowed the antithesis of all that God stands for to become incorporated into his lifestyle, into who he is on an essential level, not just physically in terms of his actions, but spiritually as well, in terms of what he senses and sensates and what he's sensitized to. Every Jew has the capacity to feel guilty. Every Jew has the capacity to feel these Jewish heartstrings being tugged and, and pulled and, I really shouldn't be doing this. I really shouldn't be eating this. I really shouldn't be going to this place. I really shouldn't be doing that. And that is a, a, the, the nefesh, the soul of a Jew, crying out in pain, saying, don't eat me. Don't do this. Don't go there. Why, why are you being Mechal Shabbos? Why are you doing these things? That is the nefesh of a person that still has some sensitization. And maybe deeply submerged, but it, it's there somewhere, and it's 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 screaming in, in pain, and spirit screaming in spiritual pain, and even though it may be suppressed, but it's gonna show up somewhere, and every Jew has the capacity to feel those vibrations somewhere. Now he may choose to ignore them because of a temptation, but if he's still feeling it, still feeling those heartstrings being tugged, there's still hope because he hasn't contaminated and polluted himself on a level of his nefesh. He's still feeling the guilt and remorse, guilt and remorse, even if vaguely and subtly, he's still, still feeling it. Um, I remember in my, uh, my mere days, pre-Aish, before I was an Aish, I was actually uh, part of a program once every Friday, Friday morning, that is. We used to learn. They had a bunch of mere younger light. Someone put this together. We were learning with Bachram from Echon Shlomo, Echon Shlomo in Harnof. And we were learning with them once a week, so I was learning with a yid named Eric, very sweet yid. And uh, I think he's since married Baruch Hashem. This is going, going back a long time ago. It's like 15 years ago plus. Um, and uh, he was a Echon Shlomo yid, and he was a, he was, he was, he was a um, savvy business person, young kid, he was in his young, young Twenties, and he was involved in um, in um, in uh, venture funds, venture capital. What do they call that? Yeah, venture capital, right? That's what he worked in. And uh, he was telling me a story once. That he once had a high-level um, meeting, business lunch with a with a potential client. Um, he was, you know, as fry as they come, as irreligious as they as they came before he got to yeshiva. And he had a high-level business meeting with a, with, a, with a really, you know, contract. If he would land it, he would be like, you know, good for, for you know, for whatever. Good for a while. Um, and the meeting was on Pesach. And they made up to have this business lunch in a seafood restaurant. Hmm. 
in the seafood restaurants. So they each made their orders. You know, they ordered one ordered the, the swordfish, the other ordered the um, another good non-kosher fish, swordfish and the catfish maybe, I don't know. This guy ordered the swordfish, this guy ordered the squid. catfish. Squid. <laughs> yeah, oh, squid, yes. Efshi. Efshi, right? We could all eat um, squid, I suppose, right? If you eat jello, you can eat squid probably. Anyway, so... Uh, so they brought out his, uh, his halibut. Is halibut also non-kosher, maybe? I don't know. They brought out the, the clownfish, then. Or the, um, the, uh, the uh, what? Sturgeon. The blowfish, the sturgeon. And, and each of them had their fish. And, and, and they brought out this fellow. So Eric was meeting with his, with his um, again, with this potential client. And uh, they brought out, for Eric, they brought him out his, um, his uh, you know, catfish, sturgeon fish. He brought it out and he looked at it. He picked up his fork and knife and looked. He said, "I can't eat this." And the fellow he was meeting with, the client, said, "What do you mean you can't eat this? What's the matter? It looks delicious." He said, "I can't eat this." He said, "Why not? Why can't you eat it?" He said, "It's covered in breadcrumbs." And it's Passover. Today's Passover. You can't eat bread on Passover. Now let eat breadcrumbs on Passover. I can't eat this. I can't touch this stuff. He like was paralyzed. He could not slice into it. And this client, he wasn't Jewish. He knew a little bit about Judaism. He said, um, isn't the fish itself not kosher? They don't just have special, you know, laws about restrictions about which fish they can eat. Isn't that not a non-kosher fish? He said, forget about the fish. This is bread. You can't eat bread on Passover. And he pushed it away. He, he didn't have it. He didn't touch it. He didn't touch it. And did he get the client? He not, I don't know that part of the story. But, <laughs> but that's not the exciting part of the story. But this is someone who still has those heartstrings, those Jewish heartstrings. He, he, he was unable to eat it. But there comes a point where a yid is so far gone that the Ra has penetrated to the heart, to the Neshama, to the Nefesh. And the Nefesh no longer feels anything. That is the point of no return. Because once a Yid on a spiritual level is now disconnected, then there is no Yid in Olam Haba. There is no Yid in Olam Haba. Olam Haba is, yes, about physical and spiritual and about Tveikas Hashem. Yes, in Olam Haba, the world to come, we will have Tchiyas we will have new bodies. And we have a new existence, and it's a dveikos in the body and the soul. But as we keep saying, the primary existence of Olam Haba is what? Is the souls, the ruchnius. Like this week's parsha, Moshe Rabbeinu going up to Harsinai. Where Moshe, for 40 days, had a spiritual existence where the physical was dependent in the, in, in, in the, in the physical. That's why he didn't have to eat. I'm sorry, the physical was totally in the spiritual. Right? Olam Haba, Imbo Eloi Achiv, <laughs> there will be physical existence, but physicality is is in, in 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 the spirituality. The kof is totally in the neshama. The ikr of the existence in Olam Haba is is the neshama. So long as a yid still has a yiddish neshama, you have a Jewish soul. It just struggles. There's hope for you. There's there's there's, there's there. You have something that can be in Olam Haba, but if the akirus. If the chayshech, this contamination, the darkness, penetrates all the way to the soul, there's no yid left. No yid left. And that's the answer to the unspoken question of yisurin are not punitive. Rather, they're a process. Apply that process to the rush also who gave tzedakah once in a while, put on tzedakah once in a while, and let him be there with the tzedakah and the tzedakah and the tzedakah. Terit says, yeah, if Olam Haba would be about the tzedakah and the tzedakah, so we'll put your tzedakah in Olam Haba. We'll put the tzedakah in Olam Haba. That we could do. 
But Eilam Haba is about a Yid. A yid has to be an Eilam Haba. It has to be someone who has a primary existence of the Neshama, where the, the Guf is totally in that, is dependent on that, and that's the existence that's there for all of eternity. There has to be something left. It's got to be some, 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 some Jew there, a, still a spark of a Yid, for him to have that experience that. And there is someone who has allowed his lifestyle to pe- penetrate so far to the core <clears throat> that it has gotten to the level of his spirituality. <coughs> and on a spiritual sense, he is no longer connected to the Rebbeinah Shalom. On a spiritual sense, he's, he's disconnected. And we can cleanse him all you want. The problem is after the cleansing, there's no yet left. Nothing left. There's nothing left. That's the problem. That's the problem. So even though Yisurin are not about punishments as much as they are about the cleansing, the purification process, there has to be somebody left when you're done with that purification. You know, we were talking about aged steaks the other day, right? Aged steaks, which I have yet to have one, but, but uh, Arthur was describing them. I read about them once. You know, I remember in Aristotle, well, they were very popular. Um, there's these steak houses that serve aged steaks. They take a, a slab, of, a, a side of, like a cow. They take a cow and they hang it in, in, in a walk-in fridge for months and the, uh, the in the fridge so it's above freezing and like the outer layers of the steak meat is raw they hang it raw begin to <coughs> decay and rot um, but that for the, that like the meat that's left inside becomes very concentrated and very meaty and then they leave it there for a few months this cow and then they slice off all the outside and then they're left with the inside part which is very gishmak and delicious and meaty um, they're much more Expensive because you, you know a lot of the cow has to be has to be wasted. That's right, wasted in order to produce this aged steak. But you know if you do that with the right balance, you end up with an aged steak in the middle. You still have a steak in the middle. If you do that too long, so all the rat goes into the inner core. Then there's no steak left. There's no there's no there's no cow left. So that would be that's a dukmama to what the Ramchal is talking about over here. Why there are people that cannot get to Eilam Haba because there's no the 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 the, the Their mahalach hachayim of, of just being numbed and desensitized to the went on for so long and went so to the core that there's no activation anymore. There's no sensitization. There's no rebunishalim left over there. There's no heartstrings left to be pulled. And that's, again, that's timtum halev. Timtum halev is a scary thing, but that's the beginning of this process. Timtum halev, when a Jew no longer really feels or cares about um, anything spiritual, no longer has that cycle of Jewish guilt, with Jewish shame, with Jewish remorse. That's a very bad thing when that begins to evaporate. So let's see that further. Even though we're talking about someone who's a ra- who's who's a Russia gumor, he's a Russia gumor. He, once in a while, he's bad to do something good. These actions which he was banned to have done, good actions, once in a while, when the Russian weighs them on the cosmic scales, cannot um, yield someone who can be deemed and, 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 and decided to be a, um, a, a, uh, a tzaddik, someone that still has a yid left inside anymore. Not from, uh, 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 in terms of the quality nor the quantity of these actions. Thank you very much. Be good benched. If it would have but they'll tilt the scales and say, this is a guy who there's still enough of a yid left over here for him to be able to have a relationship and have a presence in Eilam Haba. Have that spark to create a primary presence 
to which his physicality can be bottled, he wouldn't be considered a Rosh Hashanah. He would rather be from these people who can be purified, and you can be left with something. But, but, but rather, but we're talking about someone that is Maisim Toivim are, 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 are too shvach, too, too little, too late, and too insignificant to really make that core um, impact of who he really could have been and could be. Okay. Nevertheless, even though this guy is deemed to be a Rasha Gomer and can't get into the Mabah, Kadesh Loiti Amidas Hadin Loika, again, Midas Hadin Hashem's system of justice, justice and fairness has to be satisfied. We can't let that suffer, and we can't let that be unaddressed. The fact that, you know, she the guy gave tzedakah, he did a few good things here and there. How can we let that, you know, he ate some hamantashin, how can we let that go unrewarded? Therefore, Midas Hadin has established that he gets his reward in this world. His, his merits get burnt out, burnt up, used up, and finished. And they're unable to give him any type of eternal, inherent, real reward in the world to come because there's no person to attach them to anymore. No one to give them to. Okay, so that's Vav is a very nice Hashlam Tehez. We see it's not just, not at all rehashing, but explaining why even though it's a process, not a punishment, there are people who can, it can be applied to and people who it cannot be applied to. And we will stop over here for today. We'll continue tomorrow, and everyone should be well. And Gesundheit, thank you for joining.